Hi guys, um, I'm Dale Wallace. I finally grew my hair out. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, I'm sorry. Um, my name's Matthew McBrayer. Uh, <laughs> All right, all right. Y'all are so kind. Um, Yeah, so I am a junior communication specialist major. Um, I'm from Dallas, Texas. And yeah, Um, I, outside of speaking once, um, I am into photography and videography. It's kind of my thing, graphic design. Uh, I'm a vertical volunteer. And um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of my thing. Uh, I want to start off tonight just by asking y'all for grace. Um, just, I, I'm a 20-year-old um, broken, sinful college student who doesn't have it together. And honestly, I, I think I mess up more than I get it right. Um, so I want to ask y'all for grace. I don't do this very often, but um, yeah, this, <laughs> this message was super convicting for me writing this. Uh, and honestly, I, I hope it is for you too. So I want to pray again. Um, so bow your heads with me. Lord, we pray tonight. Um, we pray because we need you. We pray because we're dependent on you. Um, and, and honestly, we're just thankful that we can pray to you, that the veil has been torn and that, that we can seek you and, and that our prayers are not just messages being sent into space that we hope one of them can just be picked up and heard, but God, you're listening and you can hear us and you answer. And so God, we're thankful tonight. Speak through me, change hearts and and use the spirit both to speak through me and to change the lives of the people in here tonight and just move tonight. It is in your name that we pray, amen. So I wanna start with a question. Are you following Jesus on his terms or are you following Jesus on your terms? And what I mean by this is, do you read the Bible and you read what Jesus has to say and you're like, I'm all in. I, I, everything that I do is obedient. Or do you follow your desires and your wants and your hearts and, and put the label of Christianity on top of that and live by that? The truth is that Christianity is about Christ. It is not about us. And I know that you know this, but I want you to hear it again. It's not about going through motions or not about checking boxes. It's about radical abandonment to ourselves and our desires. And, and this changes everything. Jesus changes everything. When Jesus died on the cross, uh, we like to think that he just, we, we were a bad person and then he made us better. Or our hearts, they were broken. Well, they, they were broken and now they're healed. But Jesus doesn't make us a better person. He makes us new. And he took us from death to life. And that changes everything. And I think that we forget this so often. This is a heavy statement, but 
People who claim to be Christians and yet their lives look no different than the rest of the world are not Christians. They're functional atheists. And, and I think that this is because that we, we, we claim to be Christians and yet we fail to share the gospel and, and we fail to make disciples and we, and we fail to spend time in his word and in prayer. And non, people who don't believe in Jesus see this. And if we're out here as Christians and we're like, my life is about Jesus and everything is about Jesus. And then we go and we live and we, we don't obey. It's like, you've got stuff and you follow Jesus and I've got stuff and I get to sleep in on Sunday mornings. What's the difference? And so I wanna go through a couple of things tonight, a couple of lies that we believe and the truths that Jesus has in his word about what Jesus calls us into. So the first lie is that you can be a disciple of Jesus and not share the gospel. Now, what I'm not saying is that if you are a believer and you have given your life to Christ, that you've confessed and you've believed and you don't share the gospel, that you're not saved. I'm not saying that. But obedience is evidence of salvation. And the fruit of, of being obedient to the word and to the things that Jesus says, it's an outpouring of love. So Matthew, in Matthew 4, uh, verse 19, I'm kind of going to be jumping all over the place tonight. But Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And he's talking to his first disciples, uh, Peter and Andrew, as they're fishing. And it says that at once they left their nets and they followed him. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so our problem is that we claim to be Christians and yet we're not telling anyone about Christ. We claim to believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation and yet we're not telling people what it means to be saved. And so do you think that you should share the gospel? Like, is this good news that you want people to know? So why aren't we? I think a couple of reasons are we don't think that we have the right words. Um, we think that will hurt relationships. We are scared just to talk to people. I'm an introvert. I have a hard time talking to people. Um, we don't want to be seen as that Christian or we just don't care. We're apathetic. But does hearing the gospel, the thing that you might say that your life revolves around, does hearing the gospel stir your affections for Jesus where he is the very one for whom your heart beats and the steps that you take, or are you just bored with it? Do you hear the gospel and you're just like, oh. And I think that this is because we don't have a complete understanding of what the gospel is. So I want y'all to do something with me. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. And I want you to take 30 to 45 seconds and think about what the gospel is. 
And I'm going to choose one of y'all to come up here and to tell everyone. So, go. All right. How many of y'all just had a panic attack inside? I'm not going to call one of y'all up. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, like how many of y'all were like, I really hope that he doesn't pick me. That would have been me. How many of y'all were anxious to share the very thing that you say that your life revolves around? And that's a problem. That's a problem at Baylor and that's a problem in Waco. There's too many Christians living in the seats of churches and not getting up. They're, they're consuming podcasts and they're consuming sermons and they're, they're hearing things about Christ and they're not living their lives on their feet and going. We're learning churchianity, not Christianity. The modern day gospel today, it tells us, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Therefore, follow these steps, pray this prayer, sign this card, do these things and you can be saved. But the biblical gospel says you are an enemy of God, dead in your sin and in your present state of rebellion, you aren't even able to see that you need life, much less to cause yourself to come to life. Therefore, you are radically dependent on God to do something in your life that you could never do to save you. When he sent his son, Jesus, he wasn't just dying for our lusting or for our gossiping or for our cheating. He was paying the price that was due for us as sinners. He died for us in our place as our substitute, taking on the wrath of God so that when we put our hope and trust in him, yes, we get eternal life in heaven. But when we think of heaven, we just think of more stuff. We get Christ and he gives us life and life to the full so that we may be satisfied. Is that enough? Is that enough for you? Because the message of the biblical gospel is that God loves me so that I might make him, his ways, his salvation, his glory, and his power known among all nations. Because Christianity centers around Christ. We are not the end of the gospel, God is. This should take a burden off of your shoulders. You don't have to do any more things to earn salvation because he's already done them on the cross. This is exciting news. So in Luke 9, verse 23, Jesus demands that we abandon ourselves and that we take up our cross and that we follow him daily. But before I move on, I, it says, deny yourself, take up your cross. We love, we wear crosses around our necks and we hang up crosses in our living rooms and we put them on our hydro flasks and um, put them on the back of our cars. But Jesus bled on that cross and 
it was, it, the cross is an instrument of torture. And we wear it as a decoration. And yes, if that decoration leads you to remembrance of what Jesus did for you, that's amazing. But consider what it means. And I, I want to say this. If you don't know Jesus and you're hearing all this for the first time, I want to say I am so thankful that you were here tonight. And I hope that you can consider the implications that this has for your past, for your present, and for your future, and how it changes everything. And so, we should want Christ. We should want the, the person of the gospel more than we want to breathe, more than, more than we want to walk, more than we want to sleep. We should want Christ more than anything else. And so tell people, Tell people what your life revolves around. Not to check a box, but out of obedience. Because obedience is evidence of salvation. We are not saved by our obedience. We are obedient because we're saved. So line number two is that you can be a disciple of Jesus and not make disciples. You can be a disciple of Jesus and not make disciples. Matthew 28, 19, the great commission, go and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you. And this is a command. This is one of the last things that Jesus says to his disciples. And we love to think of this as an option. And frankly, we love the surely I am with you. And we don't love so much the go and make disciples. And we're not going. We're comfortable in our little Baylor bubble, pursuing the American dream, pursuing more money, pursuing more things, pursuing more status. Once I get that family, once I get that job, once I retire, while more than a billion people around the world have yet to hear the gospel. And more than 26,000 children died or will die today from sickness or preventable diseases. And for the homeless population in Waco, even here, go. Leave comfort and step into, honestly, step into life, what Jesus has called us into. Because it's our job to take the gospel. And we're not doing it very well. Mark. 13.10, Jesus says this, and the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. Now, we love to read into verses and we love to find the underlying meaning and translate them from the Greek and words from the Hebrew. And I feel like this is pretty simple. Go preach the gospel and make disciples. Last week, Dale, he said that this starts in Waco. This starts right here and totally. Some of y'all don't need to go across the sea to make disciples. Some of y'all need to, to go across the street. And I know that making disciples is kind of Christianese. And so basically making disciples is literally just spending intentional time with someone else others, one another, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. Last week was Go 2020. Um, 
I saw many of y'all there. If you don't know what it is, basically it was an initiative to encourage people to go, to go across the world um, by providing statistics and numbers and things to just inform people about the need for Jesus everywhere. And so I want you to consider going. Um, For some of y'all, when's the last time that you had a conversation with an international student? It says, go and make disciples of all nations and God has brought the nations to us at Baylor. And that is such an incredible opportunity, but are we taking advantage of it? Next summer, yeah, next summer, um, I'm going to the Middle East um, with BSM and Vertical. And um, last summer, I guess this past summer, I went to Brazil and um, the summer before that, I uh, went to Southeast Asia and every single trip that I've been on so far has radically changed my perspective on the need of Jesus, need for Jesus, not just there, but even coming back and being like, my mission field is Waco. And so I encourage you to go because Satan wins when we are being quiet, when we're not going, so go. Lie number three, you can be a disciple of Jesus and not spend time with Jesus. Mark 1.35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is so powerful. Um, Last week, um, I prayed one morning, I was just like, God, give someone to me that I could share the gospel with um, and said amen and went. And uh, I had lunch, I was getting lunch with a guy. We were going to Chick-fil-A because of course, and uh, walked up to the door and a man walked down the sidewalk and came up to us and said, hey, can you get me something to eat? I'm really hungry. And I was like, God. All right, so um, we got to get him a meal and we got to pray over him and we got to share the gospel with him. And and it was in that instant where I was just like, God, thank you. Thank you for answering that prayer. And so guys, prayer works. (laughs) It works. And part of the reason why we don't spend time with Jesus is because we're trying to fit God into our schedules. But the reality is that our hearts don't seek first the kingdom. And so we don't get around to it. We, we say, yeah, we'll do it later in the day, but then we get busy and our hearts, our sinful hearts desire the things that we want, um, that our broken hearts want. And so make time for Jesus. Schedule around your time with him. And that changes everything. And honestly, it starts the night before going to bed like 30 minutes earlier and getting off your phone. Instagram can wait. I struggle with this too, every single night. But when you die to yourself in the morning, then you'll be able to die to yourself for the rest of the day. And when you start your day with truth, you'll be able to discern the truth from the lies for the rest of the day. And hear me when I say this, if you have your quiet time at night, that's amazing. But for those of y'all who don't, the morning is a great place to start. So 
pray and read and be still. And honestly, study this book more than you study for school. Because I know that I don't want to get to heaven one day and be like, man, I am so glad that I spent all my time forsaking the word of God so that I could gain more knowledge that would decrease my need for him. And so going back to what I said earlier, we need Christ more than we need to breathe. And it's not that we don't have enough time. It's that our priorities are misaligned. You're not going to share the gospel and make disciples until you have a personal experience to the grace of God and how he has grasped your heart. And and until you can grasp the weight of the gospel simply. And if you realized your need for Jesus, you would have no problem getting up 30 minutes earlier to spend time with him. And hear me when I say this, this is something that I struggle too. And so I'm telling this to myself just as much as to y'all. And so if you need help with this, wake up with your roommates, have your roommates hold you accountable to this um, and go and sit for myself. I like to go into my living room and light a candle, big candle guy, and throw my phone and turn on some worship music and just like sit and be still. Um, find what works for you. Seriously, find what works for you and saturate yourself with that and then go. A lot of us say, I know that I need to go to church or I know that I have to read the Bible or I know that I need to pray. Guys, this isn't Christianity. Christianity is not about begrudging obedience to a set of rules. We think that Christianity is about letting go of all the things that that we want to do to save our own skin, that we can just get our, our ticket into the heaven line. And once we're in, then we're good. No, no, no. It's an outpouring of love as a result of your heart being taken captive by the one who has set it free. And all of this comes from knowing Jesus. And it, 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 it starts with spending time with him. And so, as Jesus transformed the disciples' minds, they became convicted that people needed to hear the gospel. As Jesus transformed their desires, they longed for people to hear the gospel. As Jesus transformed their wills, they were compelled to give their lives proclaiming the gospel. As Jesus transformed their relationships, they loved people enough to share the gospel with them, even though it cost them everything. Jesus transformed their very purpose for living and their lives were never the same. There's a video of myself that I love to watch all the time. Um, I was 10 years old and uh, (laughs) it's kind of weird. But anyways, I was 10 years old, I was in Colorado and uh, we were on the side of this mountain um, at a symphony orchestra. It was raining outside and uh, I honestly, I was like getting down to some Beethoven or something. I don't know, but seriously in the video, I'm like conducting and I'm dancing around and I could not care less about what people thought of me in in that time. But when I, when I grew up, 
I started playing this game. I, I started going to church and, and then just moving on. And church was my highlight of the week, my, my spiritual high of the week. Um, and I started checking off boxes and going through motions. And I lived for the approval of others. And, I, and so I love watching that video because it takes me off that. But some of y'all just need to be honest and be like, yeah, I've been playing the game. I've been checking the boxes and going through the motions. But the reality is Jesus still loves you. Jesus died on the cross to save you so that you wouldn't have to check boxes anymore, so that you wouldn't have to go through motions, but so that you could find life and be satisfied. So what if, what if we were so sold out to the gospel that we didn't care anymore about what people thought about us? What, what if revival actually happens in Waco because we were so on fire for the Lord? What if we weren't afraid anymore? What if we actually put our identity in something that couldn't be taken away? What if we stopped waiting for something to happen and realized that we are God's plan? What if we actually followed Jesus? It's only possible if we understand that this comes through relationship with Jesus and not just playing a game. So be with Jesus. Love him and make him known. Spend time with him and be still. And over time, through small steps of obedience, he will change your heart and your desires and you won't be getting ripped off. You'll be satisfied. So let's go. Pray with me. Jesus, we need you. We need you here in Waco. We need you at Baylor. We need you in our hearts. Just that, that we could be so radically dependent on you that, that we, when we wake up in the mornings that we're just, we're excited and we're ready and we're joyful. Um, God, just stir something within us and remind us that it's not about checking off boxes or begrudging obedience or going through motions or, or just doing things, but you want our hearts. You want our hearts and you're pursuing us. Jesus, change everything and move. Move in Waco, move in our hearts. We are thankful and we are ready. In Jesus' name.